program with Dr. V. Baker, B.J. Baker, Dr. Baker, Baker, whatever. At any rate, that would be me. And today we're continuing on with my very special guest, uh, Prophet uh, Randy McGee and Apostle uh, Marshall McGee. Okay, you see, I, I always pause at Marshall's name and stuff, but you know, it's, you, it's, have a doc, you now have a doctorate in theology. Did you know that? Uh, oh, okay, can I finish this introduction? May I finish this introduction? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, okay, okay. So, Apostle Dr. Marshall McGee. <laughs> okay, you can tell we're friends, right? You can tell that. Uh, uh, we're either related, friends, or whatever you want to call it. At any rate, <clears throat> we've been talking about a subject on uh, uh, suicide, and I didn't realize how many people had really actually tuned in, uh, uh, Marshall and Randy, uh, to this and how it has really helped them. And so I had a couple of questions that came up. We're, we're doing this uh, for a few more, I mean, for a number, we're having six to eight sessions on this. And so some questions came in. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for this yes, time you, that you have anointed us and that you have assigned us to do this. I thank you that this came into uh, Randy's in my heart when we were in Arkansas or wherever it was we were. And um, you opened up the door. We thank you for loving unity, for it being a platform in which we can do this and we can actually glorify you. We can help people and um even though this is a very serious subject but we can uh allow the joy of the lord to enter into parts of this in the name of jesus amen amen, amen. okay here's something that happened there was a woman that her only child her only son uh at suicide <clears throat> and um he did know jesus he had a he had a uh uh, at any rate, her question was, um, let me see. Oh, I got you on there. I'm sorry. Uh, her question was, would he be in heaven? Um, here, let me ask it the way she has it here. One of the questions that went through my mind about suicide was, will he be or will they be in heaven? And uh, let, let's start off with uh, Randy. Why don't we start off with you? Um, I would have to go. The word of God tells us that God does not judge by the appearance, but he judges by the heart. And I was thinking along those lines over the weekend, and my thoughts were, you know, it, to us, looking at the appearance of a thing, it may be you know, uh, how did, how could that have happened? Why would that person take his own life? But when you go back to the scripture, we don't know what happened at that moment between him and God. In fact, I saw something on uh, the internet where this young man jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge and right before he plunged, he thought, I don't wanna die. But he ended up jumping off and he, he didn't die as a result. You know, some kind of way God didn't allow him to die. And so I think my thinking on just weighing those out is that God is looking at the heart. You know, what is the relationship between him and God at that time? And only God knows what, you know, what's in a man's thoughts or what's causing him to be influenced to go to that extreme. But based on that, 
if his relationship is intact with God, I don't believe that God would allow him to perish. Those are my thoughts. Marshall, do you have any comments? I know you do. So that was just a kind way of saying talk. I think that, um, you know, let me just say this first of all, because uh, as believers, uh, our belief systems govern, uh, uh, largely govern our lives and our behavior for the most part. Even though as frail humanity, uh, most people aren't as successful as what we would call living for God. But because of our belief system and the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross and us receiving that into our life, we also believe as believers that man, according to the scriptures, is made in the image and the likeness of our Father God. And we know that there are uh, otherworldly forces that would want to frustrate that image of the Father in us. Because I believe that us as human, humanity as a whole is probably the greatest thing that God ever created. We're probably his greatest creation is humanity. And so there's a high premium on life. In fact, the scripture teaches um, in Leviticus 17, 11, that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And even uh, so this whole idea of uh, to, to, to try to answer the question, actually, for me, I would probably need a little bit more background. But on the surface, I know if you would have asked me this question 20 years ago, I would have probably said, no, they would not go to heaven, not understanding that there are reasons and issues and there are mental things that happen to people, just like in the natural, someone can be sick and die. And understanding that, uh, that would not be my answer. And I believe that probably the spirit of the Lord would judge each case based on its own merit to just blanketly say, which I can't say yay or nay, uh, but I will say this, uh, Dr. Baker, as a police chaplain, I remember going on several suicides. Uh, I've got last year, I think it was two or three suicides I was called on. And one of the suicides, the mother asked me, did her son go to heaven that took his own life in a very horrific way? And in the heat of the moment, because she was so before I knew it, I said yes. And my intent was, I wasn't lying to her in that sense, but I was, wasn't was trying to deceive her to calm her spirit because she was very troubled uh, that this son had done that. But I, here's my answer, just to kind of not beat around the bush a little bit, is you can be sick in your mind. Let's go back to the mental aspect. You can be sick in your mind. And if there are other otherworldly forces that are pressing against your mental capacity that creates such mental anguish that people can feel like the best way to, to deal with this is to not be here at all. And I believe that's because they're not well in their head. And you have to consider that people that I think people that, and so in that sense, like I said, I believe the father was going to view that differently. But just like uh, we don't condemn people that die of cancer to hell. <laughs> so I think it's wrong to automatically say that someone who took their own life 
would automatically go to hell. Because I believe also that precious in the sight of the Lord are those who die in him, according to the psalm. Precious are the death of his saints. And so it could be a strong possibility, even in the case of suicide, that the father would still receive that person unto himself because as of a mental illness or other worldly, other unworldly, otherworldly things coming against their life. That's kind of my answer. I hope that made sense. It does, because one of the things that I did not say to you <clears throat> is that this young man, there was torture. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> there was torment. And the adversary, I, 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 I personally believe that uh, he is with God. Next part of it is, is that I believe that this was an unintentional intention thing that happened. I, I believe that many times the things that happens is this, I, I call it unintentional uh, uh, intention. And what I mm -hmm. mean, you get the, un, you, you don't get the, uh, you, you, the results is not what it is that you're really looking for. You're just trying to stop the pain or the yes, noise. Yes, you try to get relief. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's trying to stop the pain or the noise and the adversary um, um, can play with it. I mean, you know, many times what happens is we're there and, and we just can't get any sleep. This guy, this young man couldn't get any sleep and a whole lot of other things. And so there was many different fatigues, many different types of things and planting things in our mind. The next question that was asked, we're going to uh, deal with a couple of questions. And then, uh, I have some, uh, I'm going to open up some, some things. Um, another question was why, and what could we have done better? This is a question that every parent, that every grandparent, that every uh, friend, that all of the people ask, what could I have done? Why did they do that? Why didn't they come to me? Why didn't they talk to me? What was going on? Was I not enough? Was I not of this? You know, if it's a wife or a husband or whatever it is. And I'd like for both of you to speak to, to that. Marshall, you can start. I think that. You know, I don't know if you call that survivor's guilt or you just wonder why didn't they come to you? Why did you not know? And and I think there's a couple of ways to, to view that in that, first of all, uh, we live in a world where people are so self-centered that they're not always aware, even of their loved ones that are maybe even under the same roof because people are just self-centered uh, about what they're doing in, in their lives. I think uh, the other thing, because of that, we're not as sensitive to one another as we should be. And we don't know. And I think not having sometimes professional training as well, you don't know the particular signs to look for. And uh, pe people, if, you know, if you're not like we're pastors, so we observe behavior. As, as religious leaders, we, we've observed behavior and, and people that we know that are under our care, we'll go to them and say, is everything okay with you? Are things going well? Most people don't deal with people on that level like we do. So they don't always have the opportunity to observe somebody's behavior like we would in the capacity that we operate in as ministers of the gospel. So I think that there's distinctions there. 
And sometimes for those people that probably had a loved one that did that, you don't know because the person so isolates themselves or at least they can be in your midst, they will isolate those feelings. You'll be surprised how many people I was dealing with a close relative once and I asked them, I said, do you love yourself? They said, no. I said, do you like yourself? They said, no. And so it helped me locate. Then, you know, I asked why. But those are some things that, that people close to me, if I start noticing certain things, I'll start asking certain questions, not so much to probe, but to get insight and help locate them. So if they are in a place they shouldn't be, then I can have insight how to help them or at least give them tools how to get out. And most people aren't aware that way. And again, because, and one of the main reasons, I got to say this again, because people are so self-centered and selfish. It's about me and you and I, me, I go meet myself and I, you're not really thinking about nobody else or how. And so this is where in the human family, especially believers, that we have to come to this place where we're more caring and loving and concerned about the humanity that's around us and not just our own stuff. Uh, I don't know if that was a question. Do you think it's okay? Uh, I want to challenge this. Do you think that it's really us being so selfish or us realizing that we have I meant busyness and then fearing the fact that if I ask them this and I can't do anything about it, then I'm going to be responsible for whatever it is that's going on with them. That could be part of it. Yes. Uh, but by and large, people are self-centered. Maybe not. They really are. So most people won't even probe that way uh, to even reach out to see. Um, they might talk about it behind the person's back. I noticed something different there. I noticed. But to pursue to just to see, there's still a large part of people that won't do that. But I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here in this, okay, in, in in a couple of situations that I know about, the, one of the things of it is is that they did they did reach out, they did ask what's going on with you, uh, how can I help? In fact, they even suggested a therapist, and they even opened the door for them to be able to do this. So, um, in in these situations, you know, it's like one of these things. It's like, uh, uh, what what is it that you know? I I, I think some of those are, are asking those kind of questions. And while we're on this, uh, this is live. If you have any questions or comments, please be sure and and uh, uh, let us know. I mean, you know, if you, you have any of those. But at any rate, that was just another part of it. And the reality is, unless you really know, how do you know that somebody's a ticking time bomb? unless you really have a real insight. And sometimes because we operate by the spirit of God, he can reveal that to us. But, but most, again, by and large, that doesn't happen. And you can go through all and even get help and still not know what's really happening deep down inside someone that will cause them to do that. And you've done everything in your power to help avoid that. And so, uh, how can you really know till they do it? Um, you know, I mean, and I've been trying to be rational, but how do you really know until they actually, you know, we read it every day in the papers or in the news, somebody snaps and goes off. 
and gets a gun and shoots people, then they shoot themselves. And like, oh, he was just a nice person. And I never thought they'd be like that. And, and you hear the testimonies from people that knew them because you don't know the deep intent of things that's happening inside people's, inside of them, inside their hearts or their minds. That's my okay. answer to that. Okay, I'm gonna go to Randy in just a second. But here's another part. There are, you know, uh, one of our questions here, uh, though we may not be trained da, 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 you know, what are some of the signs, okay? There are different temperaments of people. Their signs are so different, so, so different. So you can't say, here are the signs of suicide. Here are the signs, yes. total signs of depression, because different people, in different parts of their life are they 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 act and react and and how 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 they mold through life is very different and so we can go through some of the uh, on one of the later programs we can go through some of them as far as different temperaments and stuff but they're not all the same just like we are not all the same um uh, uh, one of the things that my son, uh, uh, Apostle AJ said, there are signs sometimes or even no signs when it happens. And it's all according to how they are wired. That's what it is that I was just saying. And I know Randy is going to talk to that. So go ahead, uh, Prophet Randy. Um, I don't think it's a, uh, a matter of being selfish. I think it's a matter of no, being... No. Um, Not the that person that took themselves out selfish. Sometimes right. people... Interrupting you know, her. She didn't interrupt uh, you. Well, I'm just clarifying my statement yeah, to yeah, yeah. I think because of our busyness, a lot of times we're not as in tune to people. And I, if I can say, if we, if we concentrate on our families, uh, we can see little signs in our families, uh, sometimes being more quiet where they used to be more lively or sometimes more, you know, not as our children not communicating with us the way they used to. So we see changes in that. Uh, we have to learn our children's temperament because those temperaments differ from when they were school age to where they were college age. And um, I learned that with my son because my son used to be very social and very active. And then all of a sudden after high school, he starts shutting down. He starts not really communicating with us, not talking. And um both of my sons, uh, the enemy would try to come to them with suicidal thoughts, even rejection. And I didn't know it until they voiced it to me. And so once they voiced it to me, now I'm more sensitive to them. I'll call them, check on them, you know, communicate with them more because the younger people these days don't handle pressures of the world like we handle them or like yeah like we do seems like we have the ability to endure more pressure than our the generation coming up and so because of that we need to be more sensitive to uh, communicating with them finding out what are they talking thinking about what's uh, bothering them because I don't think suicide is something that you can really preconceive because people are going through problems and that's kind of like their last result. It's like, I've done everything I know I can do, 
but now I'm being boarded, you know, pressures are closing in, I'm in a transition. And so that is a last minute thought. So nobody can really know that unless that person who's thinking those thoughts give us some type of sign. And so what I can say to that is that we need to communicate more. Can I ask a question? Okay, here is here is one. Uh, um, go ahead, McGee. Go ahead. You had something to ask. Oh, when you're just chomping at the bit. Not really, but I just I was going to ask you you because being dealing with people in the capacity that you do from time to time, um, and maybe we're ahead of the curve a little. What would be some of the things that you would recognize, perhaps? that could maybe give a, an alert, so to speak, that there may be a potential there for suicide in a person's life. And I, I don't know, because we got weeks to go, so I don't know if I'm ahead of this with this question. No, 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 I don't, I don't have that kind of a plan. I mean, this okay, is- Okay, okay. So just out, Here's one of the- A little bit of that, yes. Okay, here's one of the things. I don't believe that we have been present with people and what I mean by that is this, is that <clears throat> when you listen to a person, most people, they call it multitasking. I don't call it multitasking. I just call it rude, okay? It's just rude. Here it is, I'm having a conversation with you. We're interacting about something and I'm trying to tell you something about my life and here you are, okay, oh, oh, okay. And, and parents do this. Mm -hmm do this okay Here, here's uh here's another thing so here it is that person that already thought they were not important did not have value because of the thoughts and the and and the attacks that's coming against their head you just uh, uh you just verified that for them you just validated that for them that they were not important enough for you to give them eye-to-eye -eye contact I, I find that <clears throat> people to me are very important. And when I talk to people, I wanna make sure that uh, they know that nothing else is that important. Uh, uh, being a professional and what it is that I do, I also listen to the tone of voice. I had someone that uh, I knew that I was letting the people know that this person has two suicidal ideations, okay? It's not that I was seeing or any of that, but the whole thing of it is they had all this joy. I mean, they were just so excited. They were so excited about this and excited about this. And what happened is by that time, that night, they were dead. Okay. Another thing, people start to, to say, you know, they, they start to say goodbyes. They start to talk in a certain way. They start to give you, they start to let you know all the things and how they are not worth it. If you truly listen, you will hear people letting you know that they are not worth it. And this is something that is happening more and more. I mean, I've had some happen in my family. And pain is another thing. Many people have pain threshold. I watch who's on medication. I watch what kind of medication they are. I watch who their friends are. I, I, I mean, these are these are signs. These are these are, are yes. signs. Okay, 
I watch not only who their friends are and all of those, but the enemy, as, as AJ said, the enemy tried to tempt Jesus to cast it, have him to commit suicide. So what do you think is happening? Don't you have that gun? Don't you have that poison? Don't you have those pills? Don't you have these things? And I call it unintentional permanence. Mm -hmm. I want attention. Many times suicide is done because they're saying, I want attention. Maybe they will listen to me. Maybe they will see me. Another thing is, is that you're talking to people and they say, I know you don't have time. I know you're very busy. I know you really don't have time. I know that you're doing all of this and I know all of these other people are important and I stop them and I, 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 if, I'm, if I'm on a Zoom or if I'm talking to people or whatever it is, I'm looking and I'm saying, baby, you're the most important person in the world to me. What happens is this, you have to give that, you have to give that personal attention. I believe that these are the things. And then another sign is this lying. They start to lie. Mm. Oh, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to go do this. They start to, to uh, many times they start to lie to family. They start to lie about things. And what it is, is that they're creating uh, 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 an atmosphere in order for them to do what it is that they need to do. They start, sometimes they start to withdraw. You can't tell if that, uh, isolation or making sure that they're in the midst of everything over drinking, uh, fixation on certain things. All of these are signs and we will give more signs, not, um, uh, um, not next week, I mean, not on our second show that we're going to do for next week because that one won't be live. But the following show, we're going to do some things and I'm going to, we're going to talk about the different temperaments. In my part, we're going to talk about the different temperaments and what it is and how it is that you can see depending on, on what it is that we are. But we have to recognize the fact that we need to start to pray for people and we need to start to ask God to allow us to see what we don't see. Uh, go ahead, Marshall. We got about another minute or so, so you take half of it and then give. Brittany uh, can go. I was. Okay. Yeah. We also need to categorize these uh, situations because you have some um, people that are actually being tormented. They're actually having pain. They can't sleep. There's an outside influence that is harassing them. You know, and so that's a whole different category right there. How can they escape that pain? And we have to know and recognize when do we refer them to a therapist or a psychologist, somebody who has been trained and equipped to handle that. Then you have people that are love struck in a relationship. And because of that relationship, it's do or die. You know, if this person doesn't love me, then what am I going to do? Because they have built their world around that person. So there's different relationships. Um, there's also, um, made me lose my thought. Um, there's also the achiever, those that are in college, you know, they making progress and then all of a sudden. We've got about 35, 35 more seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> in different categories, then we can see how each of these categories, how, what help to divert them to. Okay, McGee, your final words. I agree. Okay. <laughs>
We're going to come back. We are going to continue with this for the following week. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker, Dr. B.J. Baker. And I am so glad that we have such activity on the the chat line. And we want to continue to come in. We thank you for joining us. All the uh, giving information is at the bottom. Uh, You can see how to get in touch with the McGee's, Apostle McGee or uh, Prophet McGee. This is Dr. B.J. Baker with still telling it like it is, touching difficult subjects, subjects that you don't hear everywhere in Christendom. So we're doing it because this is the kingdom of God. And we want to say bye-bye to you now. Bye. 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 (laughs) Such a 